Hello and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer or Mideast soccer podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. A cursory look at Saudi Arabia and Iran suggests that emphasizing human rights in US foreign policy may complicate relations, but has little impact on regional stability or the willingness of protagonists to reduce tension and manage conflicts when it is in their interest. A post 9-11 US emphasis on human rights was not what inspired homegrown popular Arab revolts over the past decade that initially toppled leaders in eight Arab countries, but were largely rolled back or stymied by counter-revolutionary US allies. The UAE and Saudi counter-revolutionary efforts put the two Gulf states on the autocratic front line of President Joe Biden's democracy versus autocracy dichotomy. They were motivated by a rejection of democracy as an existential challenge to the absolute power of their ruling families. Subsequent U.S. administrations effectively let the counter-revolutionary moves pass, although to be fair, the Biden administration has suspended $700 million in aid to Sudan following a military power grab in October. However, it has yet to do the same with an additional $500 million for Tunisia. Democratically elected President Thais Saeed disbanded Parliament in July and assumed the power to enact laws. By the same token, Middle Eastern protagonists, including Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates and Iran, opted to reduce tensions and explore ways of managing their differences to focus on reforming and diversifying their economies, fueling growth and stimulating trade. In other words, they would have sought to reduce tensions, even if they had not anticipated that the Biden administration would adopt a more human rights and democratic values-driven foreign policy and would want to focus on Asia rather than the Middle East. If anything, a contentious relationship with the United States may have provided a further incentive for reducing tensions. Yemen, which figured prominently in Iran's talks with Saudi Arabia and the UAE, may be a case in point. As a result, the regional moves raised the question of whether a US refusal to stand up for principle produces the kind of short-term results that outweigh the long-term cost of autocracy, as well as the price of undermining US credibility. The short-term results of abandoning principle for pragmatism were evident in this week's shift in oil politics. The shift was prompted by U.S. efforts to assure the Kingdom and other Gulf states that the United States was no longer in the regime change business. U.S. officials also insisted that the administration would concentrate on maintaining and strengthening regional partnerships. They signaled that the administration's lip service to human rights and democratic values would not have policy consequences. The message was well received in Riyadh. In response, Saudi Arabia reversed its rejection of Mr. Biden's request to increase oil production to reduce soaring oil prices at U.S. gas stations. The de facto leader of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, OPEC, and the cartel's largest producer, Saudi Arabia, said the group and its associates, which include Russia, would increase monthly production by 400,000 barrels a day. 
The Saudi concession also came in response to the administration's willingness to sell the kingdom $650 million worth of missiles. The sale threatened to further call into question the credibility of the United States as it prepared to host this week's virtual summit for democracy, which some 110 countries are expected to attend. The administration says the sale is in line with its policy of supplying only defensive weapons to the kingdom, as U.S. officials push for an end to the devastating, almost seven-year-long Yemen war that has sparked one of the world's worst humanitarian crises. Administration officials assert that the missiles would enable Saudi Arabia to shoot down Houthi drones in the air before they hit targets in the kingdom, but cannot be used for attacks against the rebels in Yemen itself. The Senate vote could set the tone for the democracy summit. Anti-Saudi sentiment runs deep in the U.S. Congress. A vote against the sale would force Mr. Biden to cancel it or override the Senate with a veto. Saudi violations of human rights, the killing in 2018 of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, the kingdom's crackdown on dissent and freedom of expression, and its conduct of the Yemen war fueled the anti-Saudi sentiment. With, arms sale, with the arms sale on the line, the administration has remained silent about reports that Saudi Arabia and the UAE had used a combination of economic incentives and threats to pressure African and Asian nations to vote for the shutdown of a United Nations investigation into abuses of human rights in the war. Meanwhile, the administration's efforts to reassure Middle Eastern nations that its policy emphasis has changed has done little to prevent Iranian negotiators at the Vienna talks on reviving a 2015 international agreement that curbed the country's nuclear program from hardening their positions. Iran believes that the United States, and at least until recently, some of its Gulf allies aimed to encircle the Islamic Republic and foment domestic unrest that will lead to the regime's fall. The U.S. has imposed crippling sanctions in response to Iran's nuclear program and harshly criticized Iran for its abusive human rights record. That has not stopped Iran from, emerging, or from engaging in separate talks with Saudi Arabia and the UAE, which appear to be producing results in Yemen. As a result of those talks, Saudi and Emirati forces and their Yemeni allies were reportedly withdrawing from positions in southern and western parts of the country. These are very likely the opening moves by Saudi Arabia and the UAE as they prepare to fully exit Yemen, said former member of the United Nations Panel of Experts on Yemen, Gregory Johnson. The war has increased, increasingly turned into an albatross around Saudi Arabia and the UAE's neck, with much of the international community wanting to see an end to the conflict. It was not immediately clear if and what Iran may have offered in return for the withdrawals that have allowed the Houthis to move into evacuated spaces. The latest developments seem to suggest that the Houthis are on the edge of gaining the upper hand, said NATO Foundation analyst Umberto Profazio. In line with that assessment, the Houthis have not indicated that they have become more interested in a negotiated end to the war. It is clear that the Houthis intend to try to bring down the Yemen government. The Iranians, I believe, would like to see the same, 
said U.S. Special Envoy to Yemen, Tim Lenderking. The Emirati withdrawals, particularly around the strategic port of Hodeidah, followed gestures including an effort to return internationally isolated Syrian President Bashar al-Assad to the Arab fold, and an exchange of visits with Iran. Syrian membership in the Arab League was suspended early in the civil war. Some analysts suggested that the withdrawals in Yemen were part of an effort to build confidence. However, it was not clear why the Saudis and Emiratis would cede strategic territory with no apparent Iranian or Houthi concession in return unless they were looking for a rush to the exit no matter what. The pullout was unnecessary to open new front lines and Hodeida seems to have paid the price for confidence building with Iran, said Yemen analyst Ibrahim Jalal. The withdrawals, including Mara on the Yemen border with Oman, helped Saudi Arabia put its backyard in order. Saudi operations in Mara irritated Oman, that sees the Yemeni region as its sphere of influence. The withdrawals helped facilitate a visit to Oman by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman this week. Mr. bin Salman may try to reach an agreement during the visit to construct a pipeline from the kingdom's oil fields to an export terminal in Oman. The pipeline would allow Saudi Arabia to circumvent the Strait of Hormuz. In the final analysis of the pros and cons of a values-driven U.S. foreign policy, hardline realists will argue that backing down on rights produces tangible results. Yet the United States' selective and opportunistic hardline emphasis on rights and values in Iran has not prevented the Islamic Republic from engaging with Saudi Arabia and the UAE, and possibly helping to end the Yemen war. The pressure may have been one factor that persuaded Iran to engage. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.